Welcome to the Psychology of Case Management podcast, the show that helps you use psychological ideas to strengthen your relationship with your catastrophically injured clients and their professional network, so you can achieve more for your clients and feel more fulfilled in your role. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm Dr. Shepnam Berry Khan and I'm talking unashamedly today about PsychWorks Associates and specifically the case management branch. And I'm doing it in an interview style, actually. It was suggested that this might be a really good way for people to get to know a little bit more about our service, particularly if they're interested in working with us. So I thought I'd answer the various questions I've accumulated over the months and years in hope that people can learn a little bit more about me, the service, why people refer to us and basically how awesome it could be for you to work with us too. So I've got about eight questions that people have asked me over the years. And the first one is, what exactly is case management? Now, that's obviously coming from someone who's not done case management and is looking to enter it. Um, And it's quite a big question, actually. I always find that really hard to answer, which might sound a bit weird. But case management is still a relatively new specialism in many ways. For me, I think it's still finding its feet and its identity. There's a lot going on at the moment in terms of uh, working towards like a, an agreed and decent definition of case management. And there are various associations, including the new Institute for Registered Case Managers, um, the IRCM, that are, are trying to, to kind of formalize things a little bit. But for now, I guess what we're doing in the main is just using our professional training and experience to shape what case management is. So let me give you a textbook answer and then I'll give you what I would call the psychworks answer perhaps. So the textbook answer is that case management has a really broad remit and the aim of most case managers I reckon is to provide rehabilitation to injured clients who are going through a litigation process or who have come out of the litigation process and have now settled in terms of the legal um, shenanigans, a technical term. Once a case manager establishes the need um, and identifies what the client's needs are, recommendations are then made and those recommendations once approved are implemented and then monitored and then reviewed with the clients um, to achieve the best possible outcomes with the clients very much at the centre of all of that. Tasks that might be included might be assessing client needs, recruiting for a care team or a therapy team coordinating a team of carers to help achieve those um, outcomes, recording input and sharing that evidence with the legal team so they can do their strategies, etc. If it's a pre-settled case, if it's a post-settled case, that's the recording is more for compliance reasons, really, and to ensure that the package that is in place for the client is just right um, or as right as it can be. Um, or rather, it's just reviewable. Reporting on progress, monitoring goals, commissioning services, meeting vocational needs, liaising with statutory services, supporting with accommodation. I mean, it's a pretty big list and it does go on. The PsychWorks answer is more that because we all have um, the same kind of mental health hat that we wear quite comfortably, we at PsychWorks would start off with understanding the trauma experienced by our clients and their families and how this trauma impacts on how we can engage with our clients and their families. So it also means that we see trauma and how trauma affects relationships, communication, our ability to emotionally regulate and to engage with rehabilitation. We therefore focus on creating 
a safe space with compassion, building on our therapeutic alliance and our therapeutic relationship with our clients and their families, and indeed the professional network, forming a, a trusting bond with respect, authenticity and equality, and accepting and working with the position that is brought to us in an emotionally supportive and practical way. We aim to help clients live a life as close to the life they would have had had it not been for the injury. So that means considering the person holistically and within their family, social and community contexts. That doesn't mean that we're not doing any of the practical things, um, but I think for us we're coming from not a physical health perspective, but very much the emotional health. So the next question is, why is PsychWorks Associates so unique? So there are two things I'd like to say about that. I suppose the first thing is there aren't many case managers who are psychology trained or mental health trained, but that doesn't quite make sense to me given that trauma is so well understood as colouring our thoughts, our feelings and our behaviours and how we interact with one another. And personal injury is by definition going to be a traumatic experience that can trigger a previous trauma history and not just for the individual, but for the family and the professional network too. And if that trauma is unrecognised or becomes an unmet need, communicating effectively can be affected, motivation and mood might be affected, engagement with others is deprioritised, and rehabilitation and the progress the system is trying to achieve with the client can be significantly impaired. Um, so that's the first thing that makes us quite unique, is that we come from that trauma-informed angle. The second thing is that case management, therapy, the legal system, rehabilitation, healthcare is massively Eurocentric, whether we admit it or not. And with known and reported inequalities across almost every domain of service, of, of service that is available, being able to provide a voice for minority other clients and families is a duty all professionals working with any client who has been injured should afford, of course. But we know this is sadly not the case. The reality is unconscious biases exist. Self-reflection is hard. Race history is kind of disgusting and a bit embarrassing and we don't like to talk about it. Political moves privilege the majority, etc, etc. But thanks to health inequalities and race relations, our now disabled clients also have to bear the weight of being unseen being unheard and being perceived as less valued. So representation, or the lack of, is core to my and my team's realities and therefore our values. So we do not wish this to be something that we perpetuate, that's something we do not address. Um, so we have almost 20 languages in our team, represented by a range of um, ethnically diverse and culturally diverse associates and it is our privilege to be able to connect with kindness and to offer life experience that we have with our minority clients. So while we do cater for a range of groups including white British clients, we we do meet the the diverse need with ease and competence and I'm really proud of this. So that's really important. I think actually I've come up with a third thing um, that we value our associates and their mental health. So the third thing I would say that makes us unique potentially is that we have created a reflective colleague space where self-care is promoted and it feels like a supportive and caring service to work with. I make myself available when I can to our associates on a 
professional level, but also in a pastoral way as well. That's really important to me. And I'm always happy to hear how our clinicians want to develop themselves as well. So it's, you know, career progression and and kind of developing skills and being the best our associates can be is important. And that's the privilege, I guess, of working with a small company compared to some of our bigger competitors. Our case managers are exposed to all sorts of interesting opportunities based on int- on their interests and their skills. So, I don't know, training opportunities and podcast guesting and social media stuff. Um, there's all sorts of internal processing, processy stuff that we um, could do with support with. And if that's your jam, then, you know, let's do this. You know, we're kind of a bit like a family in that case, kind of just muck in and get on with it. Um, and we're all close and we are really caring towards each other. It really melted my heart when I heard an associate was going through a bit of a tough time and, um, uh, you know, a colleague supported them through it. Because we're, we're all human and sometimes we need to sit down and have a little lie down as well. And we really encourage this mindset. So the next question I'm often asked is what kind of people and specialisms does CircWorks associates recruit to its case management team and what do we need them to be available for so psychologists are how we started but I'm not a psychology snob you know at the end of the day understanding mental health and working with mental health is something not many non-psychologists have tons of experience in I mean like uh, mental health OTs mental health nurses social workers these professionals will, will get at trauma they'll understand trauma its impact and how to work with it knowing when to refer on appropriately as well Once the mental health skills are established, we do make clear that our associates need to have an approach that allows them to, I guess, do 80% fee earning work and 20% reflection, supervision, self-care. But in that 80%, we need our associates to be able to do home visits, to do liaising with clients and families, you know, indirectly, uh, to, to liaise with the network. There's lots of evidence gathering and recording and coordinating of the package to do. So there's probably as much, if not more, indirect work than direct work. So there needs to be that awareness that sort of booked in meetings or session times is actually not the only work that needs doing. And so that needs to be built into the timetable. The next question is, why did you start PsychWorks in the first place? Um, where, what was your inspiration? This is a good question. I like this question. So I, I always say to people, I fell into case management. It was like 12, 13 years ago. And I was a qualified clinical psychologist at the time working in the NHS in a neurodevelopmental service in inner city London. I was a few years post-qualified and I started to wonder what I was doing. It was really sort of existential, actually, because I guess I'd felt like I'd worked so hard to get into clinical psychology. And then I was in this sort of stuck, frustrated, anticlimactic place, um, wondering if this is what it amounted all to. I'm sure lots of people go through this experience, but I felt like I had all these skills from my training, like working therapeutically one-to-one with the, all these different modalities, supporting families and parents and couples, consulting with therapy teams, using formulation to guide my understanding of the client and that of the the team around the client, advocating for the client and their family, seeing how the community could support our, our, you know, our clients and their families. And the NHS model just meant I couldn't do most of that. It was deeply dissatisfying. 
And then a colleague and I found an advert for case management and we applied and became associates at a large case management company. And I've been practicing it ever since, really. And I've been using a lot of the skills that I trained to doctorate level in for case management. The treating psychology part of the story and the inspiration behind that is another story, but I will talk about that in another episode. So watch this space. So PsychWorks Associates is now a co-directed service with Gabriel Berry-Khan, who happens to be my husband, my bestie, and the total yin to my yang. What Gabriel brings to the table is more about structure and philosophy, ethics and sustainability for all. Thanks to him, we have developed a really cool environmental plan that we're going to start implementing this year. It's exactly aligned um, for Gabriel, actually, to be able to do this. Um, It's kind of what his training and interest um, has been in for years and years and years. And it felt really unfair for him to be sort of linked to something that isn't naturally his sort of position of strength, but he's able to reflect his passion, really, in our service. And the planet has become really everyone's responsibility. So we shall be demonstrating a move to carbon neutrality um, in the next year or so. It's really exciting. And we want to feel like we're supporting the planet um, as best as we can to undertake our work and our passions and our purpose, I guess. Um, And we plan for PsychWorks to be that service for those who wish to join us. So the next question, in your experience, what sort of things do people in the industry, say solicitors, clients and family members, associates, say about PsychWorks case management team? We've had some really awesome successes since joining the case management branch formally to the treating psychology team in 2017, 2018, something like this. We have some really loyal referrers and some long-time clients who have benefited from our team's input. Um, Our website displays actually some really cool things that people have said about us from Lee Day, Erwin Mitchell, Field Fisher, and some of our associates as well and clients. And now that we're registering with CQC, collating feedback, good and bad, will be what we use to celebrate our wins, of course, and constructively improve our service so we can be the best that we can be for our clients, but also for ourselves. Um, So the next question, how did you go about developing the mission and values? that are going to be on the new website? Are the values personal or meant to be purely corporate in nature? Okay, so this is a kind of a twist on a question that we get when people want to know a little bit more about what we stand for. So we are revamping our website to capture this sort of new phase of evolution that we're going through, and it's super exciting. So we undertook a little exercise across the service, and there are about 20 of us now, and we engaged with the acceptance and commitments therapy based values. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're sort of 50 odd values that help people identify what their core purposes are. So we use that to work out our ones um, as a service together and collaboratively. I was a little concerned that there would be like zero themes emerging because we're so different and we've got these two different teams and we're working remotely and are we even sort of aware of what other people are doing and what the overall aims are of the service and we have different experiences and training etc etc and of course some of us were clinicians some of us were admin etc so we had to define our questions really clearly because values are so personal and so many people do not necessarily feel empowered to live their life according to their values so we decided to focus on the values our teams associated with psychworks associates the ethos we have, how we work with our clients and how we relate to one another, etc. 
And it was really an amazing outcome. We came up with five clear themes, which was incredible, um, given, you know, the caveats described earlier. So we came up with compassion, respect, equality, acceptance and trust. There was a sort of earth green aspect, eco aspect to it, which given Gabriel's passion, we really wanted to include. So being a bit of a countdown fan once upon a time, I realised environment, environment together with compassion, respect, equality, acceptance and trust actually spelt create, which is exactly what we do with our clients and their families and indeed the process by which we even came to these values. So it really fit and it was, it was really cool. So I've also been asked, what have you found to be the biggest challenge of personal injury and specifically introducing psychologically minded approaches and therapies to case management? And how have you gone overcoming them? So this is quite a big question and probably one that doesn't necessarily come from potential associates, you'll be pleased to know, but more a question that's come from referrers, I think. There's still a lot of education to be had amongst the professional network about the pervasive impact of trauma and past traumas on client presentations. I get that we have a job to do as medico-legal representatives and we want to maximise those rehabilitation and settlement outcomes, but we are really only as fast as the slowest person and that personal people are likely to be our clients and their families in all honesty. They're the ones carrying the burden, the sadness and the distress of the life or the life of their loved ones um, that will never be the same ever again, that this life that they are now living is not the life they signed up to. The devastation in each and every client and family member story is palpable once you can hear it. But it's also scary to listen to, mainly because it's so sad, but also because it triggers for most helping professionals, as we are, a deep sense of helplessness, I think, which just doesn't make us feel so good. So we focus on what we can do and try to move the client and family on as best we can in practical ways. And yeah. That kind of makes good sense, right? And is kind of the job description of different roles. The problem is trauma doesn't go away and it can interact with past pre-injury related traumas, compounding its impact, not to mention, you know, the same interactions that can occur with family members. If unhelpful thoughts, feelings and behaviour patterns and inhibited relationship styles develop and are not supported, those unhelpful styles then can become entrenched and become problematic in the long run for, for progressing the legal needs, uh, making communication difficult and uncomfortable, possibly even upsetting and not to mention breaking down the relationship either with the care team, therapy team, family, obviously the legal team, all of which means settlement and rehab outcomes are minimised. And that's not really what any of us want. So being able as a case manager to recognise and work with the internal internal turmoil that our clients and family members can experience alongside the communal goals is really key. But this approach needs explaining and understanding and it needs that from the whole network as well as the clients and the families themselves. And this is where psychological formulation comes into its own, I reckon. Formulation, for those who don't know, is like understanding case management, um, like a jigsaw puzzle that's been scattered, but the picture is missing. I talk about this in another episode, actually, and our job is to build that picture with the client, the family, the professional network together, collaboratively, with compassion and respect, 
So the picture is inclusive of everyone's perspectives and yet it still makes overall good sense. And once that's there, the the jigsaw can then be made. We know what we're looking for. We're being guided by this picture. But trauma every so often shakes up the picture and shakes up the jigsaw. And this is what the network network needs to accept and work with, that it's not quite as smooth, smooth sailing as all that. It's sort of a case of two steps forward, one step back. But with the right specialists, it can be managed and it can be appropriate for the circumstances that our clients are in. It's not a burden. It then doesn't then get seen as a burden on the litigation process, for example. If our legal teams and our professional networks understand this theory, then formulation will be seen as preventative to developing longer term issues and facilitatory to the goals that we're all trying to achieve minimising moments of distress because they will simply be viewed as that moments that will pass and that can be well held and understood by the formulation approach that everyone um, is subscribing to, holding the family, holding the care teams, holding the process and containing it. We've actually developed um, a formulation and intervention model for personal injury clients I'm currently calling it the not-so-sexy personal injury formulation and intervention model. Okay, so I'm working on the name, right? But it's a theoretical model I came up with when thinking about formulation and the complexities of multisystemic working in the personal injury context and the personal injury field. And it sets the client at the heart of the model and uses distress as the measure of whether needs are being met. And while there are important factors that help us understand our clients' needs, such as care planning, risk assessments, you know, understanding their background and their story, their developmental history, things like accommodation that we can't really change, but we have to work with. There are also mediating factors that also need addressing, such as, or or maybe not addressing, but understanding, such as attachment style, culture, team working, language, boundaries, belonging, that sense of belonging, and of course, trauma. Any of these domains can result in client distress, and any of them can therefore contribute to the development of appropriate coordinated goals that are more interdisciplinary than multidisciplinary. And I say, you'll know my interest in interdisciplinary working if you've heard my other podcast on it. So final question, what have I been doing recently outside of the service? I don't think this is a question about my hobbies and interests, although you can imagine as a small family run service, Psychworks Associates is a massive conversation piece in our house. Um, my dad sometimes gets involved too, which can actually be quite nice because he's got a whole load of experience and knowledge himself. And even the little one contributed to some of the choices around our new logo. But like I said, I don't think you want to hear about that particularly. So I have recently contributed to an exciting new book, actually, on cultural approaches to neuropsychology, in which I talk about the PIFIM model, actually, more formally um, for the first time. It's really exciting and I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, pleased about it. And since the model is, is evolving all the time, I suspect as soon as it comes out, I'll be thinking, oh, you know, I can, I've tweaked it since then, but, um, you know, such is life. But it's really nice to be able to talk about it formally and um, to get it out there, really. I think that's going to be out later this year. Um, and for those who follow me in any way, I regularly write blogs for the Brain Injury Group. And 
for our own website. Um, I'm all over LinkedIn and getting to grips with Instagram. I tried a couple of um, community groups on LinkedIn for case management so we could, as case managers, have a safe space to share our practice and offload and to think about issues that are specific and pertinent to our work. And there's a similar group actually on Facebook that, again, is set up by us, but um, it's a wider group for, for not just for case managers. Um, but running a group is hard work. I never thought getting people to talk online would be that tricky, but, you know, I'm sure I'll learn about it as time goes by. So one other thing I do, and I've done for a few years now, is sit on a charity called Mind Food um, as a trustee on their board, which is a super ace charity in Ealing for people with mental health issues and difficulties to seek support based on mindfulness and horticulture. Um, so they're kind of growing food and um, also mindfully doing so. It's an incredible charity, actually, and it's doing really, really well. And I support the team on the ground um, and consider some of the compliance issues around safeguarding and participant safety, etc. Lots of my case management work actually lends itself to this role quite nicely, um, especially with the whole CQC planning and implementation. Um, it's also another reason for why environment is one of our values. I'm not green fingered. I just want to make that clear now, but I do appreciate the link between movement and outdoors and positive mental health. Talking of which, um, I think I better stop and get moving myself. And the same for you if you're not already on the move. Thank you for the questions over the months and years and for listening in today. I'm really happy to talk to you more, um, either to your team about anything I've raised today, whether it's Therapeutic Alliance, trauma, the PIFIM model, although I'll come up with a better name. Um, and certainly we are always really happy to welcome more case managers who might be inspired by this episode today um, and um, to feel like we sound all right um, and maybe want to kind of join us in some way. We really are quite cool and awesome um, and it's an absolute pleasure to be able to do this work in the way we do with the really dedicated, loyal and amazing teams that we have. All right, um, I'll stop there. Thank you. Till next time and take care for now. Bye. Before you go... If you enjoyed the episode today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening on and share and like on your social media profiles. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and to be a continuous resource for all. And if there's any topic you wish for us to cover, please drop us a line on our website. Thank you so much for all your support. 